You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Projectile Warehouse. Find your perfect projectile. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 15. I'm Rusty and with me uh, in this episode is Matt from the Practical Rifle Northern Territory. How are you, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, going pretty well. Thanks for joining us uh, on this episode. Yeah, no problem. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about um, Practical Rifle up in NT? Well, basically, um, like down south, it's a fairly new thing and it, it really is just for those blokes who who have those rifles, the precision rifles, all that sort of stuff and... A lot of us like that. We've we've shot F glass and that's all good, but all the single loading doesn't really work out so well. So really, um, we sort of just try to design this for somewhere somewhere to, um, for these people to shoot, including myself. Like this is mainly I started up for myself and a couple of mates of mine and um, a couple, uh, mm-hmm. one of my good mates that's moved over to Queensland. Funnily enough, yeah. And um, well, basically. We've been given the um, full use of the um, SSAA range up here in Darwin, and they've been fantastic. They've helped us out with targets and setting up, and especially the, um, one of the uh, range officers there has been particularly helpful. Excellent. And uh, essentially all we're doing is um, every every so often we get together, we um, I broadcast it, of, of course, and um, get people together, shoot a bit of, shoot a bit of steel, and... Um, and that's one thing we we're allowed to use steel, of course, on these double S double A ranges, and yeah, nice. And um, basically, the Victorian guys will be jealous. Then. Oh, definitely. Like, <laughs> like what they what they're able to get a bit longer range than we are. Unfortunately, we're yeah. we're limited to five hundred. Okay. And yeah. um, but that that's no limitation, of course. It's still a long way for the average shooter. Sure. And uh, yeah, basically, we're holding these matches. I think we're going to aim for a six or so this year, and then a big finale at the end of the year where we'll we'll give away some larger prizes. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, basically, that's about it, really. Yeah, right. And and despite your your limitations of of distance, I've certainly seen you use some pretty interesting barricades. What what's I guess for those listening who may not be aware or specifically about what you guys do, what's the difference with a practical rifle match than say F class or, or the other ones you mentioned? Oh, I'd, you can't really compare the two. Obviously, I've shot a lot of F class and I love it. I still shoot it. Um, I find that F class really makes you think about how well you shoot and doing everything the same, getting yep. that consistency, and that's really good. I and I still encourage people to try that. With mm-hmm. uh, uh, this practical shooting, um, it's a whole different ball game. You, you've got to worry about your stability. You've got to worry about, um, in particular for us up here, we shoot from every stage. We shoot from the one location. We don't move up yeah. and down the range. We shoot from the one location. So uh, any stage, we can go from two to three to 400 metres and all in the one stage in the space of a minute. So... It really does shake it up a bit. Yeah, brilliant. And, of course, those barricades, um, that just puts a whole new bloody dimension into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we made these thinking, oh, yeah, this will be great fun. We'll, we'll shoot off these. And anyway, we went out and got all this woodwork and we put it all together. It worked out quite well. It um come together really nicely. And yep. we did a couple of practices off them and we just looked at each other and gone, holy bloody hell, this is... This is a lot harder than we thought, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, they they look pretty good. And well, why why I made it, I thought, yeah, I'll make it so it's not 
you're not flat prone. You're not flat standing up. Like it, there's one of them. We've got like a, um, a staircase type shape. It's got three mm-hmm. positions yeah. on the staircase and then one in the middle. And the yeah. the one up top. And I'm I'm fairly tall. I'm nearly six foot, and I'm on tippy toes on the top one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. And then the next two, <laughs> they're sort of you, you're getting down lower and lower. But the one through the middle is a yep. really awkward height, and everyone's up on their elbows. No one can get comfortable, and and I like yeah, it. Yeah, It really makes you think about um, how stable you have to be. Yes. And um, yeah, of course, we've got a couple other barricades and a few a few in the works. I'm just waiting for um. My co-partner in crime, he's currently overseas doing his job. And yep. once he gets back, we're getting right stuck into it. He's he's emailed me a few ideas and and um, we're going to make them up for future events. Yeah, look forward to seeing them. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, I, is that the same one that has like a rope on the side? Yeah, that's one of the is other that... ones we made. It's a bit like okay. a um, – uh, it's essentially a cross from where you look at it, but it's a, it's a big, long – long thing just to find it stable uh yeah mm-hmm. so on the cross we got a we got we only utilize the top v of the cross at the moment uh yes. we got three positions on each side and i've laid those with carpet so no one has to worry about marking up their rifles especially yep. to the blokes who have those five ten plus thousand dollar rifles um so yeah, car- right. well, we're, we're going to ask you what you've got later on, so we'll find out whether you're yeah. one of those bikes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And, um, yeah, so we've got the three positions on each side, so six positions on the, the actual cross, and basically it's just from a standing to a lower standing to a sort of half sort of crouching standing stance on either side. And yep. the the idea between those was it changes up where you're bracing the rifle against it, and it's a bit hard to explain, but it does change it up a fair bit just to, just going from one side to the other. And then again, we've got the, uh, down the left-hand side, we've got the rope with a couple of knots on it for people to shoot off. And um, that's quite interesting, especially when you realise how unstable rope is to shoot off. Yeah, I thought that, that surprised me. I thought that, that sounds really, really good to, uh, to trying to shoot off a rope because I've, <laughs> I've shot off trees that are probably less stable than rope oh, sometimes. And silly old me, I thought, yeah, beauty, let's make it. Let's make it challenging and shoot out the 500 metres off the rope. And, <laughs> and that, that went well? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. I remember I hit two out of four shots. Yep. Um, yep. That was with me, and I've got a fairly old large rifle. And um, But for this next, so we've got a shoot coming up this Sunday, and I've we're doing the same stage again with that cross, but I've, I've reduced the 500 metre targets back to 200 metre. Uh, just okay. to make it a little yeah. bit easier, I did find that our our last shoot was on the was on the difficult side. <laughs> okay, well you're not you're not going to know. So the the last one you did was that's the first for the year, or is that the first? It what was, was the story first for the year. We did hold one last year in July when we first started uh, thinking about doing it up, and yep. essentially we set it up. There was only four of us there. Like it was myself, uh, my mate who's overseas at the moment, and a couple of good mates. Uh, we went down and just had a crack, and it was good fun. We really enjoyed it, and unfortunately, um, I then went into a new position at work. Really didn't have much time, so it sort of lacked a little bit for the last half sure. of the year, which yep. everyone gets goes through that stage. But it's yeah, life, and isn't it? the blokes rang me up just before Christmas and said, "Hey, what's going on? We need to we need to really get this sorted out." So I I nut nutted down, and at every lunchtime at work, I'd sit down and I'd just spend the entire hour I get for lunch 
just working on working on getting this this uh, matches up and running. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah, we had our first first match for the year on February 16, I think, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that was great yep. fun. We I think we had 12 people come along, which is far far uh, exceeded my expectations, and I was really happy with that. And everyone seemed to enjoy themselves, even even the blokes that didn't necessarily do so well. Sure. And, um, yep. And yeah, throughout the day, everyone was helping each other, having a great old time, and and hopefully we can get them all back again. Yeah. So yeah, tell us, you've got one coming up this Sunday. So t- tell us more about that. Yeah, we do. Uh, so this will be yeah, obviously the second match, and yeah. it's going to be, I won't say completely different. There are a couple of aspects. Uh, one stage is exactly the same. Just to, I like mm-hmm. to at the first um, stage have a chance for everyone to make sure their rifles. Uh, set up, so we'll shoot that on paper. Uh, it's still yep. not easy. It'll um, it's still going to challenge people, but it's a good way to start off. And then the rest of them, like I said, we're doing the cross one again, and and I've just I'm just tweaking everything here and there, and as you would, yeah, yeah just, absolutely, just trying to work it all out and make it as the best experience we can for everyone, and and throwing a couple of different things in there, a couple of new ones that uh, even I haven't attempted to do before so that'll be interesting so it might be harder again hey oh probably <laughs> <laughs> i gotta keep it challenging that's the that's the thing so that yeah, just yeah. to uh, to pass the information on that's uh, the third of april yeah uh, this, which is only a few days away yeah, from when this yeah when we're recording this um and what uh, for the, anyone listening who happens to be in darwin or, or can last minute get there where, where are they got to be and when and what do they have to bring so basically we're holding it on a Sunday this time. We held it Saturday last uh, last February just to see how it went. We found that a lot of people were missing out because they had to work. And a lot of people up here have got uh, jobs on weekends. They fly in, fly out, that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah. So we thought we'd hold it on the Sunday. And to help out, uh, the Saturday afternoon prior, we're going to have a little bit of session. Everyone can get down and practice. I might get the barricades out oh. for people to have a look at. Good idea. And um, yeah. yeah, get people to come down and help us out because poor old John and I last last <laughs> time we were sweating our rings out getting all this stuff set up. Good, because excellent. Yeah, because we got the steel, and I'll just add this in: we got the steel targets, but we've also got lead light set up. So when it gets hit, uh, yep. there's a lead light off to the a couple of meters off to the side, and they they flash away and give us a positive indication that they've been hit. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, nice. A couple of rifles broke them. Um, uh, a couple of larger magnum rifles broke them, so but, yep. so we've got to figure that out. It's still all work in progress, of course. But yeah, yeah. this uh, this Sunday um, we've got it at eight o'clock at the double SAA range in Mickett Creek Shooting Complex, right? And um, yeah, eight o'clock we're going to have everyone rock up. Registration, we'll write it all down, and uh, nine o'clock we'll do our safety briefing and uh, get started. Go from there. Brilliant. And so all that information, I imagine, is going to be on the Facebook page, so we'll, we'll drop a link into the show notes. Yep, yep, correct. Uh, yeah, all so on there. Pe- people can find out that. So you, you're intending for um, another few matches this year? Yeah, hopefully. We got another one on oh, mid not a, not a mid-April, mid-May. I think it's on the 15th of May. Yep. Uh, that's our, that'll be our third one. Um, and unfortunately, after that, I'll be. I'm fairly busy on my way. I'm going for a big trip down south, um, taking the three three eight laps down for a bit of a shot with a with, when my mate gets back from overseas, of course. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, going down there. So 
I'm not sure when the others will be, but we're hoping to hold uh, possibly six, maybe five, um, depending how we yep. go for time. And then we're definitely going to have one towards the end of the year, like a big finale shoot. We might make it a two-day event and um, hopefully get as many people as possible up for that one. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, anyone thinking about getting to Darwin in, uh, what do you think, in November, December, something like that? Uh, not December, possibly not late December. October, I'm thinking. Because it does yeah. get quite ugly with the weather up here, ah, especially right. we, we, yeah, people that aren't used to this humidity, they they'll know about it in in November. Ah, uh, well, that'll that'll just you know level out the playing field, and the local <laughs> the local boys will certainly have the advantage then. Is no, that, I, that's the idea. I've been here four years, and I'm still not used to it. <laughs> okay, fair enough, mate. Oh, very good. So if you um if you've if you've been there four years, obviously you've been fairly connected with the, the clubs there. How did this practical rifle stuff come about? Just a change for you guys? Uh, basically, when I come up here, um, I didn't have much of an interest in shooting. I sort of started, one of the blokes at work said, hey, we've got this intro day to full ball shooting. So I went out and had a crack at that and um, got into that. Shot F-Class for a few years and got right into it, loved it, and... Um, and I was never one for the full single action, big, big magnification scope. And um, I've always shot off a biper. And that was just me because I used to go a bit of fox shooting and whatnot. Yeah. And um, I used to shoot with a bloke, Greg, and he uh, he was he was exactly the same mindset. He was he shot he shot his Seiko off a bipod and, and we were basically two peas in a pod, shot the same stuff. Yeah, and it was, nice. I think it was really his interest. He's tried. He tried to get it up and going with our F class range, but um, it wasn't quite to their liking. I think. Yep. Um, I think what he was proposing was not quite to their standard rules and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then anyway, Greg's he's moved away, and then the idea was put to me. Um, well, and a couple of other blokes said, "Well, if one starts up, I'm happy to shoot it." And I almost fell into the job of organising this one up here, and <laughs> yep. and it also goes to the fact that oh mate, it's gone overseas here. He, um, Bear, he's he come to F class once, didn't like yep. it, and so yep. majority of our shooting was actually at the double S double A range, just on the on uh, back at the uh, mound shooting out the shooting at each target at um, each range and all the steel targets there and. Uh, and that was his thing, and we were good mates. And basically, we thought, well, let's make let's make a competition of this. And with uh, Greg over in Queensland, there, he's really been a great help. And especially nice. with all the finicky legal, all that sort of stuff, um, yep. just trying to get it up and running. And um, yeah, and it's basically gone from there. We had a couple of interests. People say, yeah, that sounds really good. And the Obviously, the club, if the club wasn't as helpful as they've been, it probably wouldn't have gone It'd much. A struggle. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like they, they've chipped in a great amount. They've helped us out with buying a heap of new steel targets and uh, these yeah, lead brilliant. lights, all that sort of stuff. And it's really gone from there. And um, Yeah, nice. Hmm. And and hopefully from strength to strength. Yeah, hopefully. Like I'll be I'll be more than happy if we can just grow on our 12 from last, last uh, shoot. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be good, and, and uh, I guess hopefully a, a mixture of guys who are already shooting, and, and also some new shooters in in that mix as well. Yeah, exactly right. Like even with this Sunday, I've got two people. They've done a bit of shooting in the past, but they've just asked if they can use our club rifle. But our yep. um, 
Our club rifle at the moment is actually, in fact, my old 308 with a 30-inch bloody telephone <laughs> pole on it. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's in an AI, oh, well. AI chassis, and it, it's it's a laser, and the only reason I don't shoot is because of my current rifle now, and because I don't have a scope for it. <laughs> so I borrowed, <laughs> I borrowed a scope for it, and now I just got yep. to load some rounds for these guys on, on the weekend. Oh, that's good of you, mate, to, to get guys in, into the sport and not let the equipment be their, uh, their stumbling block. Yeah, that's, no, good. I, that's a big thing, because the worst thing, I, want, I don't want to see people come along with this cruddy old rifle they pulled out of someone's safe, and they can't shoot out to range. I really want people to enjoy themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, speak, speaking of equipment, I guess it's good to, to know what your your thoughts are in terms of what equipment is needed for this type of event. What are you finding is uh, is your minimum requirement and also what sort of ideal to work towards? Uh, basically, you do need a semi-accurate rifle. You can't... I find that, if some, say, if someone turns up with a an old Ruger Scout, they, they don't quite cut up to it. They can certainly come along, and I encourage them too. But, of course, um, yeah. Yeah, somewhat decent decent rifle, shoots well. Obviously, people use a minute angle uh, term all the time, and mm-hmm. say a minute of angle, minute of angle rifle um, and a relatively decent scope that you can, you're well, well equipped with. Yep. And... Um, for example, my mate's rifle in front of me, he's got an AT uh, with a Schmidt and Bender scope on it. Like, that's obviously your top-end type of rifle. Uh, yeah, that'll do the job. Exactly yeah. right. Um, and uh, uh, we had guys come along, they had their standard Remington 700s uh, that they took out hunting with it, stuff like Hogue stocks or Bell and Carson stocks. Uh, mm-hmm. And they just had their standard scopes and they're sitting there uh, doing their dials. Uh, they yeah. they all shot quite well. Um one bloke had an old Winchester, I think it was a Winchester, or, uh, 270. And, yep. um, oh, he shot well. He just, um, a bit of a buggery scope, scope broke on the day. Oh, no, yeah. that's no good. Yeah, a bit of oh, an Oh, dear. What happened? Uh, I believe it was just a cheap scope. Okay. Um, yeah. but, and he, he has got himself a new one since, uh, which is good to hear. But, yeah, Excellent. generally... A rifle you're familiar with, and you're familiar with uh, your data for each range. Like that's one of the most important things. Because yeah. unlike the blokes down, uh, down in Victoria there, where they come yeah. back each range and they shoot a one range per stage, we yeah. have the benefit of obviously being able to shoot multiple ranges per stage. So it really mm. does come into account knowing your drops, and especially a first focal plane scope is really advantageous for, for us up here. Yep. Mm. Yeah, why do, why do you say that? Purely because it's, if you have it, like for instance, my rifle, I have it zeroed perfectly at 100 metres, and I know my drop for each range up to 1,000 metres now. If, um, I did a bit of yep. practice on the weekend. and um, Good to hear. Basically, if you know, if you have a first focal plane scope and you know your exact drop, data for each range so we don't we don't have them stuffed around with the ranges yet it's all at 100 200 300 meters so far um yep. if you yep. yeah if you know your your drop you can just quickly use that reticle to without adjusting the turrets use your reticle to just to hold over on the target so much mm-hmm. quicker less fuss and you don't have to worry about counting your clicks or watching where you're turning it yep. and um yeah it's just so much quicker and um a lot easier i've found 
Yeah, certainly, certainly agree with you. Um, it's just always good to, to know people's reasoning as to why. Yeah. Um, particularly for those listening who who are not overly familiar. And we've talked about first focal plane scopes a bit recently, so first and second. So it's, yeah, it's good to get a, a practical application for it. Yeah, and I think um, to be honest, I even shoot with my first focal plane scope at F class and. Other than it having real rough clicks for F class, um, yeah, most, sure. of, most yep. of the time, like even F class, I'll dial the range in because we're only shooting the one range, and yes. then I'll just hold off. That's what I found is the best, the best yeah. application for that. But yeah, yeah to- yep. totally different story for practical rifle shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Out of curiosity, what what sort of power are you running most of the time? Do you sort of stay on one one power, or do you move around a bit? I personally, I move around quite a bit. Um, yep. Generally, if it's the one stage, I'll max it up. Oh, uh, sorry, not one stage. The same range, I'll put yep. it up to twenty five and um, shoot there. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly with the uh, first stages where it was on paper, just at a hundred or two hundred meters. Yep. However, when when speed is involved, you do need to be able to see your fuller shot. And uh, in that instance, I'll, I'll wind it back down to, say, 20, 20 power or 15 power or something like that. I never yeah. really I never really put it to exactly some power. I'd saw them, it just normally just uh, I turn it on until I can see what I need to. And, yeah, uh, but that's the benefit with the first focal, isn't yeah, it? Exactly Where you right. d- don't have to be on any specific power. Yeah, and... and yeah, you don't have to be on the specific power to, and the reticle stays the same, and you can still use your holdovers without a worry. Brilliant, nice, mate. So, where where did your interest come, uh, interest in shooting come from? Was it was it there before you got to Darwin? Uh it was. I never held my license until I was up in Darwin. Um, I just used to go out with uh, the old man, uh, spotlighting on farms down in New South Wales every now and again. Loved it. It was great yep. fun. I used to love just being on the spotlight, spotting the foxes for Dad, and we used to chase chase the foxes through the paddock on the back of the ute just to run them down with the um, the shotguns, and that was always a bit of an adrenaline rush. Yeah, nice. But yeah, the, yeah. my rifle shooting really uh, interested me when, obviously, I said before a uh, friend from work he said, "Come out and have a look at this intro data full ball shooting," and I say, "Yeah." Beautiful. I've never never shot anything bigger than a triple two, so I thought, yeah, I'll go and have a look. Anyway, Give I got crack. Yep. put this uh, full ball rifle in my hands, three oh eight, had a shot. It's good fun. In yep. a few weeks, I shot full bore, and and then I was looking at the F car F class blokes, and I'm going, oh, I used to always shoot with a scope. I'll do that. Yeah, try yep. that, and um, I ended up having uh, what did I? The first rifle I bought was one of those old. Have you heard of the the uh, AIA uh, basically number four three hundred three remakes in three hundred eight? Yes, where are those? Yep. Yeah, so I had I had the target version one of them for a, a couple of years. Yeah, so great yep. gun, like, fantastic. Went well. Yeah, really well. And um, nice. I'm kicking myself now, but I did sell it just before I got married. Um, uh, I did <laughs> I did have my new custom rifle at that stage, and I'd had three hundred eight two three hundred eights, and I wasn't. Wasn't shooting the AIA, but yeah, it was a fantastic gun. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. hopefully it's found a, found a good home. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't even remember the bloke I sold it to. I think it was New South Wales somewhere. Okay, but yeah, yeah. He, he really enjoyed it, and he sent me a couple of photos of him having a shot, and yeah, yeah. glad he's enjoying it. Excellent. And um, yeah, so I shot F class for a little bit, and um, really got into that. And obviously, I told you before, got into the uh, practical side of things. Hmm. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's where you, you found now. You, you said you're still shooting F-Class? Yeah, when I From can. time to time? It's a little yep. bit hard because um, I am a shift worker and quite a, and obviously our footy season's up here and I'm big into, big into playing sport as well. So footy, yep. footy and work sort of do get in the way a bit up in um, our wet season up here. So, But during yeah, the dry, so... I'm able to get out a bit more. Yeah, brilliant. Is there any other type of shooting you, you get involved with, or is that those really the main things? That's really it. Occasionally we go out and um, we've got our, our waterfowl season up here. We've got magpie oh, gifts yes. and all that. Yeah. Get out yeah, into the brilliant. swamps and get proper filthy and <laughs> shoot a heap of lead yeah. and, um, or not lead, steel, sorry, and uh, yep. and not come home with anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benny, we uh, went great. out there once last, uh, nice. over the last season. The only yep. goose we caught, I caught it with my hands. I snuck up on it on the, in the reeds. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh, that saved some money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we used a couple of boxes each at once flying past, but that was it. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe a different approach next season, mate. Yeah, mate. Maybe uh, leave, leave the guns at home. Yeah, that's it. Give it a go. Yeah, brilliant. And so what, what um, I alluded to it before, we're going to find out whether or not you're willing to damage your rifle. What, what uh, equipment are you running at the moment? I currently have one of the Accuracy International AXs. Um, Very nice. I believe yep. it was in one of the first shipments just before yep. Christmas. And like I said before, my mate's got an AT and he's had that for about a year now. And ever since he's had it, I've been drooling over it. <laughs> and so I yep. oh, I had to get an AI. Like, they're a fantastic yeah. rifle. Yeah, good. And um, yeah, nice. it's, it's currently in a 300 win mag and it's shot exceptionally since. Uh, mm-hmm. Since I've got it, I did have a bit of an issue with the wrong powder, but it just wasn't pushing it as hard as I'd liked. Um, uh, since I've changed powder and I've got an extra 250 feet a second out of it, which is much nicer now. That always helps. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And um, currently in customs, I've got the 308 and the 338 barrel uh, waiting uh, for brilliant. Me. Yeah. Yep. So I just went bugger, got the whole thing, and I thought, well, it's going to be three rifles, one scope, and yep. I save myself eight grand in scopes essentially. yeah absolutely doing it the one thing yeah, exactly right yeah nice what are you what are you running on the scope wires i got a night force beast um yep it's essentially just a night force version of the schmidt and bender ones um yeah, yeah okay. five to 25 no I, I don't have one of those horus reticles i looked at them and i've gone far too busy for me um yeah, that's what everyone says when they first yeah, they first look at it but i tell you what yeah. if you get one and you use it you you learn to look through it pretty quick oh, I, I imagine so but yeah i looked and gone nah, not for me maybe in the future no. um Fair and enough. i just got a standard uh, mil r reticle in it's all mil mil yeah. um i used to yeah. have moa scopes and i found that it was a little bit harder to guesstimate your your holdovers and whatnot um, sure, because uh, we we never shot in yards. We're always we're all meters up here at both our yep. ranges, and yep. yeah, I just found the mill mill a bit easier, and uh, certainly that first focal uh, plane reticle is much easier to use. Mm. Yeah, certainly it's um yeah well, the 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 mill side of things I've I've changed over to, and certainly no complaints. But I mean, if you know one or the other very well, you can you can certainly make them work. Yeah, exactly, way. Right. and it's just what you're used to, of course. Hmm. Are you are you finding a bit of a mix of both the the comp that you're running? Uh do you mind if I didn't I didn't um didn't take notice? notice. I did no. notice that a lot of blokes were just using their say their standard hunting scopes. Yeah, okay. Um yep. so apart from myself and 
my mate's rifle, I lent, I just went buggy on lending that out. And yep. um Yeah. I don't know if anyone else had any first focal plane scopes. Um I do know of two other people that are in the process of ordering first focal plane scopes because they have sure. seen the yep. benefits of it. But most yep. people um a couple of blokes were just using say NXSs, um the Night Force NXSs and yep. uh those I know that the range warden was going to use a Burris Eliminator, but he couldn't get the oh, yeah. elevation. Uh, yeah, okay, yep. Uh, uh, I think because yeah. he had a 20MOA rail on his rifle and it just couldn't, he couldn't get it upright, so he used uh, just a standard old uh, scope on his Savage. Yep. But yeah, certainly pe- people were just using their standard old scopes, and because they knew their scopes well and how to adjust them, they, they didn't do too badly. And and I, that's what I love about this practical rifle side of things is because it, it seems to me anyway, and and what I've been involved with has been so so welcoming to the guys just to use whatever they've got and and come along with what they have and and in time they they may upgrade. But you have guys sitting with a rig that you've got versus next to guys sitting with sort of a fairly standard hunting rig that they've slightly modified and you're, you're still both out there having a good time. Yeah, exactly you know, right. Like and that. that's what we strive for. I don't want yeah. anyone to feel yeah. out of place. I want everyone to yeah, come down and have a bit of fun. Yeah. And um, especially yeah. when you're shooting next to someone without a break and you shoot with a break and just blows their <laughs> hair out. And, uh, <laughs> oh, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, it's a good old surprise for them and uh, have a bit of a laugh about that. <laughs> Yeah, and those guys who want to get into the sport a bit more perhaps will will you know tailor their gun accordingly. But there's certainly I love the requirement of of just being able to do it with whatever you've got. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's even great. the blokes that think they they uh, thought they had it their rifle down pat, they come along and they shoot something. And even uh, Chris, uh, another yep. he come down and um, I think you know him of course. Yep. And yep. Uh, he's he's got himself a Tika CTR in, in a McMillan stock. Great great little rifle, and he's just ordered a uh, first focal plane scope for it. Yep. And um, he just found he had issues keeping his uh, his aim on target. Like, the recoil was just taking him off a bit too much. And, yeah, uh, certainly. We, when we, we went out on the weekend, and we did nut out a few problems that he had, and um, one of them was... It's just the recoil was just kicking him about too much. Yeah, yep. it was only yep. shooting a two sixty, but it still had a bit of kick. Hmm. Yeah, he's been trying to get a fair bit of velocity out of that thing, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's struggled he's... a little bit, but I think he does only have a twenty inch barrel, and I think that yeah. may be his limitation. But yeah, that's it. It may be only a twenty inch barrel, but it's still really accurate. Like, um, oh, it does a job. We were shooting out to nine hundred meters, uh, to a thousand meters. Sorry, and at, at nine hundred meters, I shot. I had the big three hundred wind mag, and I put two bullets exactly where I aimed, and that was it was minimal wind. But anyway, it was, that that was acceptable for me. And then uh, yep. Chris had a shot, and first he'd never really shot further than uh, five hundred meters with that rifle, and um, we got yep. him out and. Literally every range back from 600, except for a thousand, he got a first, uh, first shot hit um, using a ballistics calculator, and yeah, we, nice. we just adjusted that accordingly. And he was shooting really well at 900 meters. Yeah, thousand meters yep. was a bit of a different story because the wind did kick up a touch, and um, but we got his elevation correct for that in the end. Yeah, brilliant. I uh, uh, I know we're getting all sort of personal here, but Chris uh, Chris came out shooting with us one time, and uh, he did almost the same thing, but without a ballistics calculator on a twenty two, 
and he took that thing from uh, from 100 metres, uh, 22 subsonic ground all the way out to 400, and pray, basically hit targets every 50 metres first shot. Bloody hell, that's and uh, that's like we we we, we were sitting back going, he's not going to get this one, he won't get this one, bang, hit. <laughs> oh man, how did he do this? Yeah, take notes, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> yeah, so I just sat down and started writing a few things down, you know, <laughs> watching his technique. It was uh, it was very impressive to see. I, I I'm not sure he knew how he did it either, but um, full credit to him. It was yeah, <laughs> he was uh, yeah. he did very well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good fun getting out there on the twenty twos from time to time. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, very good. So, um, have, have you shot any other matches in the other states? Uh, yeah, in the, the practical stuff with no, Vic or in um, New South Wales. Unfortunately, not. Um, I haven't really been able to get away as much as yeah. I want. But hopefully, when I go for this big uh, road trip down in July, that there's something we'll. Um, Something you can hook into. Something we can get a hold of. Like I think the only the first one I'm going away for is the one down down in Adelaide. Down with us. Yeah, yeah, uh, that should be good fun in uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, looking forward mm. to that. Yeah, especially be, I've uh, never shot far, further than 1,100 meters, and if you've got something further than that, I'll be I'll be a little kid in a lolly shop. <laughs> I look for. I'll take video of that. I reckon because uh, we uh, we do. Uh, it will be something a bit further than that. We'll see see what happens. Oh, but, it's surprises, yeah. is it? Should be good fun. Oh, of course, mate. Of course, keep some, some things under wrap, mate. Keep it fun. Can't I slip 50 um, under the table? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's going to be hard via Scott. <laughs> anyway, uh, now I was going to ask you about your, your 300, like shooting the, the practical s- stuff. Um, have you found the 300 to be no dramas at all or have you sort of seen that perhaps a smaller calibre is going to be better for it or, or what's your thoughts? Uh I believe a smaller caliber for this type of shooting is more beneficial because yep. you don't need a big bullet to kill a target. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Um, I'm only, to be honest, I'm only shooting the 300 out of necessity because I don't have the other barrels yet. Because that's what you have. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's all I got. So I'm going to shoot it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Preferably, I'd shoot my 308 when the barrel when it arrives. Um, yep. Because obviously shooting, like one of our stages was shoot two targets 200 metres as quick as you can within 30 seconds. And I got 11 yep. rounds off, and that's a lot of rounds for a 300 in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, quite, it's pretty quite cool. hot. <laughs> and, and they all hit? Yes, they did, in fact. Yuck. I um, hot-loaded oh. one. We're, this stage only we're allowed to uh, hot-load, so I hot-loaded one and then I had a mag of 10 that I was able yep. to get away. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very good, good fun, mate. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty, a pretty good recovery for the the three hundred. Does it, the recoil sort of throw you off a bit, or you got the, that under control? Well, the thing with the brakes, like they're amazing things. Like the um, brake on the three hundred brings it down to the recoil that I was getting off my three hundred eight that was unbroken, yep. and yep. because I was used to that recoil, it, re- it really was no biggie. And because I was shooting off a lower power, like yes, I'd yep. shoot and immediately, even if I. Was, as I was lifting the bolt, I was already moving on to the next target because I was confident that I'd hit the target. Yeah, um, yeah. Even though the bullet nearly hit it instantaneously, you just <laughs> shoot next target and keep going on like that. But yeah, yep. I wouldn't recommend shooting a 300 for our style of match. Um, sure. We don't get a whole heap of wind. Um, but obviously, if you've oh, got okay. one, yeah. use it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's better than not shooting. Exactly right. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be, it's it's interesting to see, and of course, you know, we we see stuff out of the states where the, you know, this that style of shooting is favouring the six and six fives a bit more. But, yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of guys here are still using thirty cows, and uh, not anything particularly wrong with that. It's just it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years with that sort of things. Yeah, I think people are still using three oh eights, um, purely because it's easy. Yeah. It's not as easy as uh, for us to uh, get those six point five. Uh, cartridges, yeah, especially those yeah. really out there ones like 6.5 Creedmoor and uh, I think 6.5 by 47 is one of the easier ones of the 6.5 mils to get. And yeah, okay. to be honest, yep. I don't know about the rest of them. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, it'd be interesting to see how, how it plays out over the, the next period of time. Yeah, exactly right. You never know. Uh, 6.5 Creedmoor become, could become cheaper than uh, any other brass that's out there. Depending yeah, would how, it be how popular it gets? Of course, it'll be interesting to see because I know that um, that Ruger Precision Rifle, which I don't know if you've been looking at or following at all. Yeah, that's the um, um, folding stock one, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that no dramas up in? Uh, nah, up no, no good. No good. We can't, no good. We can't have folding stocks, or f- I believe we're not allowed fifty cal or fifty cal. This is fifty cal BMG, yep. or its derivatives. But I believe yeah, okay. most of the other things are okay. Yeah, okay. But, um, yep. Yeah, we don't have a mag limit or anything like that, but I sure. haven't seen anyone running, other than the uh, Remington uh, 7615s, I haven't seen anyone run anything more than a 10-round mag. Yeah, yeah, fair. It's, yeah make 10 rounds seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah, especially in a bolt gun. You don't need yeah, much more. Uh, absolutely. Uh, out, out of interest, uh, Nia have sold uh, or pre-sold 122 of the Ruger Precisions in 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, yeah, right. So that's um, it'll be interesting to see once they actually get here if there's some support with the ammunition side of things as they as they tick along. That'd be interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, 120 odd guns is not a not a massive amount, but you know, but it's for, not a small for, small amount either. That's still a lot for a like, couple of thousand dollars, especially yeah, when you think gun. there's probably only like just a pure guess, maybe 30 AI AXs, uh, the new version AXs in the country at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, put it in perspective of, of the, you know, it's it's competitive, well, not direct competitors in some ways, but um, it's yeah, you know, what what guys are doing similar similar applications with. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think they're only available in Queensland in Victoria at the moment. I believe. Uh, SA is no drama. Oh, you, uh, you guys well. can have folding stocks. Yeah, I've got one of those on order oh, uh, in cool. in Creedmoor myself. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, when they get here. So oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but to put it in balance, there's over 223 on order as well. So yeah. I guess uh, people um, people will stick with what they know fairly well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Well, we, we've slightly digressed from uh, from, <laughs> you know, from uh, anyway. I don't know quite how we've ended up here, but we have. Um, so um, what I wanted just to do was touch on the the comp you got coming up, and then uh, and then we'll unless you've got any particular information you want to give out as well. Um, we'll go over those details and finish up. Yeah, right. Well, basically, is, is there any? Sorry, anything else you wanted? Anything else you wanted to cover? No, not much. It? Basically, I think I should thank Jace with um, Jason Hillier at Adger. He's he's been yep. fully supportive. Um, I I think um, I've mentioned on our Facebook he's going to uh, not send us a couple of spur mounts, but rather the winners of, at the end of the year will be able to pick their spur mounts they want to get grabbed from him and um he's yeah, going nice. he's sending up a couple of little goodies to give away in the cup, upcoming shoots 
That's pretty. Yeah, he's he's been fully supportive. I think he's even supportive of blokes down south, which is really good to see. Yeah, I know the Vic guys are supported by him as well, so yeah. it's good to see the, the industry getting behind it. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. And, of course, we've got a couple other blokes uh, working on him. Um, a little bit slow on my part, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. So, yeah, we, we certainly need to see some support for these type of events because that'll, uh, that'll help the events grow and help the um, yeah, help the industry exactly grow, which is right, good as well. Yeah. Mm, brilliant. So the uh, the shoot coming up, this one is the... Uh, 3rd of April. Uh, where was it again? Uh, the SSAA in Darwin, in Mickets Creek. Um, yep. Yeah, just a 500 metre range there. Nice. And and you think the next one's probably on the 15th of May, but we're going to stay tuned to Facebook to, to confirm that and to find out more? Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be the 15th of May, I, I believe. Um, obviously, like you said, it, it will be confirmed. I have confirmed it somewhere. I just can't remember the bloody date. Yeah, that's all right, mate. We'll, uh, we'll run with the fifteenth, but definitely check the show notes for the uh, the link to Facebook and and hit Matt up uh, there and uh, find out all the information as we uh, we go along. Beautiful. Very good, mate. Well, thanks heaps for coming on the show, and uh, really good to talk with you. No and problem, I know mate. We, uh, we went off on a few tangents, but I guess that that's you know we like talking about guns, and that's exactly. uh, it's good. I like that's it. The bo- <laughs> that's the bottom line. Brilliant, mate. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Nice. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Projectile Warehouse. Find your perfect projectile.